This is Abby's Aunt Trisha, and when I'm not busy obsessing over Hamilton the Musical, I'm listening to the Urban Palm Cast, hosted by my amazing niece, Abby Dowd, and the mesmerizing Luke Benz. Don't throw away your shot to hear this week's episode. Hello, we're back and welcome. Welcome, Abby, to um, We've Had a Little Break. I honestly hardly even recognise you, it's been so long. I mean, you, you disappeared for a month, so I've, I've disappeared for a month, it's only fair. Never to be outdone, Luke decided to abandon the podcast for one month. So everyone, currently I'm in Portland, Oregon, which is like the beer capital of the world. More breweries per capita than anywhere else. It's like over 100 breweries within like the city, city limits. Okay, so this beer is from Portland, and it is called Sweet Heat, and it is an ale with apricots and peppers, and it is made by Burnside Brewing Co. Like, I'm going to give you a little gander at the bottle here. Looks a little provocative, doesn't it? There's like a... I see why you chose it, Abby. Something a bit jazzy, a bit fiery, but in your face. It's a gold medal winning wheat beer with the addition of 200 pounds of apricots. Sorry, I'm not sure what that conversion is into kilos and or stones, but 200 pounds. We call it apricots. Did you want me to continue, or did you want to continue your criticisms? <laughs> apricots. It's going to be apricots. There, there are two consonants after it. I don't know how you're getting a long A there. Then dry hops with imported Jamaican Scotch bonnet peppers. Excitedly, the heat may vary due to the nature of the pepper. Crack it open. Can I just, if you, do you see this? Yeah. This is a wine, like one of those like really intense wine yeah. corks. Corker things, and like also very practical with the. Yeah, I've got one of those in my house. I think everyone has. You basically identified. A I'm smelling it. Corkscrew. Corkscrew. <laughs> Cork things. Cork opener. Okay. I'm giving it a whiff. Oh, many layers of flavor in this baby. Definitely not hoppy, but you can. I don't know how much apricot I can taste. Sorry, apricot in my apron. But the peppers, I'm feeling like a little like aftertaste. Well, would you say apron. would you say apron or apron? Apron. There you go. I rest my case. Burnside Brewery Sweet Heat. Get it in you. Say so I've uh, had five weeks in the capital. I don't think I don't think our faithful listeners know why that is. Well, aside from you protesting Brexit, obviously. Being down we there. We all politically active. You can be. Been down there and work on work, and um, I've been living the high life in posh, the posh part of London, rubbing shoulders with celebrities. And um, would you get your? Did you rub shoulders with celebrities? Yep. Who? Oh, actually, I, did I tell you this? Because do you know um, you know the band Blue, Lee Ryan? I'm not sure. He was in a band called Blue. I'm sorry. Do you know how I know about Blue? Actually. Wasn't that the name of the band in Love Actually that, um, what his name was trying to beat out for the Christmas song of the year? It was Blue, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so he was just hanging out in the bar one night and, uh, we, we were at this event, this corporate event, having a free bar, getting absolutely lashed. Um, and he was just there. And we were like, hey, come on, let's do some shots. Come on, Lee, what are you doing? Did you do shots at them? Yeah. Is Blue still a band? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, 
We only did it because it was funny. We were trying to convince him that my friend was in a, who was in a band opened up for him. We were like, let's go over and say that like he opened up for him in some like weird um, Belgian <laughs> festival. We were like, let's have a shot. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, he was like, come on, you remember that festival, uh, Lollipulu Up Up Pop, that we opened up for you? You remember? And he was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is this true? Are you lying? No, it's just true. I I just need to say, I know sometimes I give you a hard time because you can be a little bit boring. Uh, just kidding, you're not boring. Unless you are first met when people think you're a mute. Um, but seriously, you do shit like this and it is so funny. <laughs> like when you try to get the lady to write f*** you out on your computer and you just going up to random people and like pranking them. I would yeah. never suspect that from you. Like, you, if I had to describe you, it would be an onion. <laughs> you have a lot of layers. Many layers tend to make a lot of people cry. Now, what do you think I am? What kind of fruit am I? Um, like, uh, <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> Very telly. I expect an answer by the end of the episode. And then there's this girl who was like on our course and she was like quiet as a mouse. And um, then all of a sudden. Well, that's the thing, like, really kind of good in class, you know, she's really intelligent, quiet as a mouse, keeps stuff to herself, doesn't say much. Get a few drinks in her in the free bar, she starts going up to Lee from Blue and starts shouting, you're not famous anymore, and like, kicking off. Oh, he's definitely, like, Lance Bass then, not Yeah, just yeah, him. definitely, but, um, so, being the good Samaritan that I am, I was like, come on, come over to Lee and apologise. And then, like, Wait, this is amazing. I can't believe you didn't tell me this. I was like, apologized to him for saying that, and and she was like, oh, okay, sorry. And then like, they got over it and reconciled. Flying and then we the all mouth. had a and then we all had a shot of tequila. Let's make America great again. I'm running for president. Oh, well, the last time we did a podcast was the Brexit special. The dust has settled. Um, the world was shocked. Obviously, there was a Lee victory, which I think shocked a lot of people. The Lee victory was pretty shocking, yeah. Um, here at the Urban Palmcast, I will say, we instantly, social media exploded, media outlets, like, imploded. It was just a lot of crazy, crazy time. It was like, um, the whole thing just seemed like a joke, like it wasn't real. Like everyone, okay, so everybody resigned from the posts, quitting, like, going back on all the promises, and it was all just like instantly we what saw like we saw Britain's credit ranking plummet, the pound dropped to its lowest point in like thirty years, like global stocks were down, um, hate crimes were like very very high throughout. Yeah, there's, the there's been some horrible incidents of like racist racist attacks and stuff on on people who live here, and you know just. This kind of general ignorance, and it was just kind of like like the whole vote, really. I don't think people really understood the ramifications of what was going to happen. Well, like, did I? So the the having, or sorry, the Washington Post ran this article that like was talking about how like immediately after polls closed, the first the like biggest Google search in the UK was like, what is the EU and what happens if we leave and like things exactly. along that. So I think like people, a lot of people voted. As like a bit of a vote at the establishment, you know, taking a pop at the establishment, and that's just backfired because that that's not what the point of the vote was. 
And well, something incredibly complex situation like this was put to the vote by a government who thought they would win it and was yeah, left, like an and then left the public walk. to decide what was going to happen. And, you know, like, it was just one of those things. Immediately you saw people reneging on kind of what they had promised, like, the money that was going to go towards, like, the NHS. They're like, oh, sorry, we don't actually have 350. Yeah, all these people yeah. who, who, who were going to, like, run for um, Prime Minister, um, Boris Johnson, like, stepped down yeah. because he got, like, backstabbed by, like, Michael Gove. Yeah, and then, yeah. Um, and then there was like a runoff. So then, and then Theresa, Theresa May beat, uh, go to the, pipped him to the post. So she's now our prime minister. And I then, know. Like, and she, she was not even for leave, right? Yeah. She was a remain. So we now have like a remain prime minister in a, in a, in a like post Brexit world. But you know what? Ultimately, she has said Brexit is Brexit. We are leaving. There's not going to be a revote. Nothing. Yeah, that's true. I think, I think people kind of had a little bit of hope because there's this big petition sign of like four million people that were trying to get like a revote. Anyway, so none of that happened. So the reality is Brexit has happened and it is done. On the first night of the RNC, we heard a speech that echoed around the world. Not once, but twice. But for once, it was not involving the Donald. It was his wife, Melania, whose speech bore some striking similarities to his speech gave by Michelle Obama in 2008. In a word, she plagiarized. Let's see what the people think on this matter. Name? Gus. And Gus, what are your thoughts on Melania Trump's speech? I don't think it was her fault that she plagiarized it. You don't? I think that the speech was written for her, and the speechwriter kind of plagiarized a bit. Right now, I'm at a children's museum, and I just conned... Name? Zach. Into participating in this little social experiment. Zach, what are your thoughts on Melania Trump's speech in the RNC last week? Well... So you have to think, I mean, everybody knows it was obviously blatantly plagiarized. And you have to think, it's so blatantly plagiarized, and she's in the limelight, everybody has to know, they had to know that this was coming. It had to be a planned move. It wasn't done on accident. So it's been, you know, I've been reading a little bit about it, and there's an online kind of vibe feeling that's going around that it was planned by Trump, because what it's doing is now of her Trump Miss Trump's speech is getting posted everywhere. She's getting a ton of free publicity. Always the free publicity with yeah. Amazon. And uh, it's getting uh, posted with her picture right next to Michelle Obama's. So you're kind of getting this subliminal mental image of them together, that subliminal messaging kind of. So it had to have been planned. It's too obvious not to be. Well, sir, I know that you know about the Melania Trump speech, how it was very similar to Michelle Obama's. And what, what do you think about that, if anything? Well, I'll tell you. I don't really follow it too much, and I don't know too much about either side of either situation, so can't give you too much of a response here. And that is fair enough. If you play drives in school, you can be expelled. At the very, very least, you will fail the paper. It doesn't matter if it was an accident or not. You're going to be punished. Why? Because what you've done is deceitful. You've stolen. You have done something that is academically reprehensible. But if you play dress as a Trump, 
Yeah, you're all right. Cheat contractors out of payment, scam students into thinking they're going to university that's not really a university, steal someone else's words and claim them as your own. No big deal. Well, you know what? If Mrs. Trump had done this at a real job, you know what they say to her? You're fired. The irony is almost too much to handle. So, Abby, what's going on? Uh, right. So we just experienced the Republican National Convention. The RNC this year took place in Cleveland. This was basically Donald Trump uh, accepting the party nomination. Uh, and so, again, it was over four days. And that four days was just chock full of a lot of ups and downs, mainly downs, I'm going to say. And I'm not just saying that because I'm leaning way to the left. Um, so night, each night had a theme. So I, right. I think everybody knows. Uh, Donald Trump's slogan is Make America Great Again. Yeah. So each night there was a different theme. So night one was Make America Safe Again. Night two, Make America Work Again. Night three, Make America First Again. And night four, Make America One Again. So night one, uh, the big, uh, there were several things that happened night one that were just astounding. For example, at the beginning, Donald Trump came strolling out in a cloud of blue smoke. Uh, to We Are the Champions being played. In Amazing. case you're wondering, Queen responded not in kind. Basically, they told him to uh, not ever do it again, or they would sue the fuck out of them. Melania Trump, Donald's wife, uh, gave a speech, mm. which, you know what, was a phenomenal speech. And if you agree, but that means... Phenomenal? <laughs> it's that means off. you probably also really enjoyed Michelle Obama's speech in yeah. 2008, which was pretty much exactly the same. So there was a big um, plagiarism uh, scandal that happened, and you know this is night one. Right? Yeah, that oh. was that was that was big. That, that was big over here as well. Uh, night two. I mean, Chris Christie was really there attacking uh, Hillary Clinton. That kind of overshadowed everything else. Not much Mud focus. On, it was just not much focus on Donald Trump and how great of a leader he would be, or. You know, like, this is the United Republican Party. It was just, mm. yeah, diversion. It really, it really was. Okay, so night three. Oh, th- so this was the night Mike Pence, uh, who is now Donald Trump's running mate, isn't it? VP. Yep, he, yeah. it was his main speech. So uh, he is very much like a career politician and I think kind of chosen to uh, appease some of the uh, establishment Republicans and to just, like, <laughs> mm. uh, be the antithesis of Donald Trump. But while it should have been his big night, he was really overshadowed by good old Ted Cruz. So Ted Cruz was the main speaker, took the stage, and generally when you have these people... Not the Sith Lord again. Risen again. Ted Cruz. You know he is back with a vengeance. Um, But normally uh, when they take the stage, you look for them to really support the candidate to back them. Ted Cruz did not do that at all. (laughs) Oh. Basically said he was not supporting Trump, was not throwing his uh, his weight behind him. And instead, he said, it, you need to vote your conscience. So that was like a huge, huge uproar uh, <laughs> throughout the party. Chris Christie was not happy about that. I was really left with was thinking, you know, this candidate, Donald Trump, you, all the like catchphrase words you hear about him, you know, xenophobic, racist, womanizer uh like the the laundry list of his attributes goes on and on and on and all i could think is why are we condemning the people who are against him when he's quite clearly 
you know, like more in line with some with like an authoritarian dictator than with like the leader of democracy. Uh, but this is a nice transition to day four of the Republican National Convention, which is when Donald Trump officially accepted the nomination. Yeah. Um, and in case you're wondering, this was the first time kind of that we really saw him stick mostly to a script because we know he kind of likes to fly off the handles. Um, but it was a 73-minute speech, which is the single longest accepted speech uh, in history. Long. Really long. And let me tell you, I watched this, and I, it was just infuriating. Like, normally I think in um, these speeches they're very optimistic, you know, like, we live in a great place. Mm. I'm going to improve it. But, you know, like, our, yeah. our core values and everything are there. But his speech was, like, just incredibly dark. Like, he had absolutely zero specifics. Um I, I pulled some of these quotes. Like, <laughs> his, like his whole campaign, really. Like, yeah, so this is things he said. Quote, unquote, we will bring jobs roaring back into our country, and it will happen fast. <laughs> On the Islamic State, he says, we're going to win, and we're going to win fast. Immigration? Oh, easy. We can solve this problem so quickly. So, like, great. So you, you hear words like fast, quickly, like easy, but that. No plan. Simple words. Absolutely no, no plan. Um, a lot of rhetoric, but not even rhetoric that really uh, <laughs> uh, lays anything out the worry, the worry is, though, that maybe that's why people are getting swept up in it, because it's like, it's easy to digest. Well, it's yeah, and so... So it's all just kind of hype. Again, people, like... You know, we saw what the public did at Brexit. Exactly, worked. getting swept up. It's idealistic rhetoric. But... Another thing was he really said, you know, this is going to be a factual speech. Um, but then so much of what he said just wasn't blatantly untrue. Like he talked a lot about crime rates, how they're like soaring like never before, which was blatantly not true. In fact, like they're down, including like with police brutality and, you know, like officers getting killed, you know, both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, He's talking about Syrian refugees being dangerous and how there's no screening process. And it's like the speech was absurd. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I don't think it's surprising what we saw. I mean, although no, something like the plagiarism thing, Ted Cruz, like there are definitely moments of shock. But uh, I think a lot of it was to be expected. Uh, I definitely an interesting four days. I bet Donald Trump would enjoy what's that noise. I think he would. He'd be like, I love what's that noise. He'd be like, oh, it's so easy. This is such an easy one. I could easily yeah. win it. I could easily win what's that noise. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> love it. But we'll see how easy it is, Donald. Donald, I would now like to formally invite you to play what's that noise with us. Honestly, we'll take less than five minutes of your time. We'll have everything queued up and ready to go. Let's make that noise great again. Right. <laughs> I've got an object, Abby. And you just got to tell me simply, what's that noise? Well, oh. I am sitting in the parking lot right now, so I am looking forward to playing for the first time on asphalt. You ready? I am about as ready as I'm going to be. Okay. You didn't drop anything there. You, like, scraped, like, one of those frogs that are an instrument. Oh, my God, you got it. What? You got it. Oh, I, I guessed it? She got it in one. Oh my god! Yes! The fastest one ever. It's not even, you didn't even drop anything. You scraped something. If it was right in front of me, I can drop it if you want. It didn't have to be dropped, it's just what's that noise? Oh my god, I'm so f***ing happy right now, but I'm also simultaneously annoyed that you decided to cheat. 
It wasn't. A, how was that a cheat? I asked, what's that noise? I would like to go back to episode one and say where you drop an object. But it doesn't matter. I'm victorious. I'm also so happy to know that this is something you have in your house. <laughs> yeah, I bought this when I was um, when I was in, like, year eight at school. So I must have been, like, about 12. We went on a French trip. And about 20 of us all bought them back and just annoyed the hell out of people on, on a coach all the way from France. I can't believe I got that in less than, like, 10 seconds. Pretty, but me, pretty obvious. But also, I'm really surprised that you, uh, even at age 12, would spend unnecessary money on something like that. Yeah. But I guess it wasn't unnecessary seeing as 15 years later. Oh, I'm sorry. We're, like, almost 20 years later knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I guess you I had the foresight. Years. You had the foresight. To exactly. know that it would come, it would come up right well, now. When I picked up that um, that frog in um, uh, Mont Saint Michel in France, I really knew that it would be brought up today um, to be part of a bigger thing. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna thank your twelve year old self now for getting for buying something that I would get correct instantly. It was an easy one, I must admit. All right, well, on that happy note, I'm going to go celebrate with a happy hour pint. Thank you. Signing off, I'm Abby. And I'm Luke. I'm probably going to go to bed.